Welcome to day eight of our 21 day pelvic health challenge. You guys, we are starting off week number two today, and I'm pretty excited to be kind of entering this next week. Today, we're going to talk about something a little bit different, something that probably most of you never even considered is important when it comes to your pelvic health. And it's what I call pressure management. And so what I'm talking about when we're talking about pressure management is essentially managing or regulating what's called intra-abdominal pressure or the pressure that is in your abdominal cavity. Now we are always going to have some pressure here and it's actually really important for helping us stabilize our spine and kind of keeping everything together. But too much pressure or too much pressure over time can be a bad thing and can put undue stress and strain on your body. So the analogy I always give people when we're talking about pressure and pressure management is to think about squeezing a tube of toothpaste, okay, somewhere in the middle, that has the lid securely on. So if I squeeze that kind of midpoint of the toothpaste, there's really no problem because that lid stays on and there's no pressure leak anywhere in the system. But if we have a pressure management or a pressure regulation issue, or it's not working as functionally or as optimally as it should be, in other words, in this analogy, that lid is not securely on, and we then apply increased amounts of pressure to that tube of toothpaste, we then have some pressure leaking, which can mean that toothpaste paste lid just gets a little bit, you know, looser, or perhaps it even pops off. And so we have a pressure leaking issue, which can either be a problem right away, or it can be one that we don't really know is happening and can maybe over time create one. And our bodily works really similarly to this toothpaste analogy. Obviously it's a lot more complex and there's a lot more moving parts than just a lid, a tube and toothpaste inside. But what I mean by it working similarly is our body regulates the changes in pressure that naturally happen. And this should all happen without conscious thinking, right? Without us having to consciously intervene as a lot of things in our body should work without us having to consciously create change in it. Okay. But sometimes over time, if regulation isn't working as it's supposed to, or it isn't starting to be optimal then that's when we might have that leaking and that's like pressure leaking, I mean, and that's when we can start to potentially see an issue. I think I talked about this. I don't remember what day it was. Um, They're starting to meld together now that we're on the second week. But I remember one day I was talking about my other analogy. I think I told you guys I love analogy about the two guys working on the assembly line, right? So two guys working on the assembly line, making a product, one guy slacks off, other guy picks up the slack. Over time, the guy that picks up the slack is getting tired. And when he can't do it anymore, that's when the system kind of goes, goes to crap. And that's when you can see that the product fails, not saying your, your body's going to crap, but similar here, right? Even though we're not talking about a muscle, it's similar here. So we might have that suboptimal or, you know, that not quite right pressure regulatory system, but it's working okay. But eventually over time, it can wear things down and then you can start to see a problem, which is why it's really important to think about this stuff and look at your life and make sure that you're managing this pressure, which we're going to talk about a little bit more now. 
So firstly, though, before we get into that, what are some potential potential symptoms of a pressure management issue? Well, this could include feeling a heaviness or a pressure in your vagina or your rectum, which could also lead to perhaps what's called a prolapse. So that's when the organs, so your, your bladder, your rectum, or your uterus, and the supportive, so the, the muscles of the pelvic floor and the supportive tissue of those organs starts to not be able to support those organs anymore. And they start to descend. I know that sounds super, super, super scary. Uh, there unfortunately is a lot of fear mongering out there when it comes to this thing, which is called a pelvic organ prolapse. Um, it's really common. There's lots we can do about it. Obviously we want to address it if, if it's something that's going on, but this can be a bit of an outcome of a pressure management issue, right? So pressure down. When I talked earlier about leaking pressure, we as women have an orifice, our vagina, that doesn't have a closure, right? And so if we are going to lose pressure, it is a common place that that pressure will go. It'll go to the path of least resistance. And again, as women, we don't have a sphincter around our vagina. And so it is a quote unquote, easier place for the pressure to leak. So that can be that heaviness or pressure in the vagina that you feel, or perhaps a pelvic organ prolapse could happen. It could be incontinence. So leaking of urine, feces, or flatulence. It could be hernias, right? So that that can often be because of a pressure management issue, an abdominal hernia or um, an inguinal hernia. Uh, or it can be another symptom can be coning of the abdominal wall or what's called, if you guys have heard of it, the diastasis rectus. And that's essentially that splitting of the abs that does happen during pregnancy. It happens in your third trimester and that can happen without pregnancy, or it can be really challenging to rehab after pregnancy. Again, if there is a pressure management issue, because again, you're that pressure is going to go to the path of least resistance. And if there's a weakness in the abdominal wall, that can sometimes be where we continue to leak that pressure. So that's kind of a long and short of it. I don't want you guys to be afraid of this pressure by any means, because it's also, like I said, a good thing helps us support and stabilize our spine. And it's naturally going to happen. There is no way for the most part that you could eliminate pressure. And it's not something we want to do. Increases are going to happen with various activities throughout the day. And that's inevitable. And it's nothing to be feared. And it's okay. In fact, it's a like oftentimes a good thing because it's again, training our body to be able to withstand all different types of things, right? Pressure changes is going to happen with like going from sitting to standing, sitting, standing, moving, cleaning, jogging, lifting, whether it's a heavyweight or a grandchild or a child, it's going to happen. And that's okay. So don't be afraid of pressure. But what you do need to be careful of is that excessive pressure or pressure that is just not being well-regulated or managed right? Um, the one thing I will say is a lot of people always assume that huge increases in pressure will happen with things like really heavy lifting, right? Like lifting weights or some of those similarly like intense or, or, or really challenging exercises that people think of. But the truth is there's actually a massive, massive, massive variation in how much pressure is created by people doing, you know, various activities. So basically so many people can do the exact same activity. So let's say a push up, right? And one person will experience a very dramatic 
completely different pressure increase than someone else. Okay. And so what this tells us, what this means is it's actually way more important about how activities are performed rather than the activity in and of itself, right? So the uh, how an activity done is more important than what. And this is, I mean, this is a little bit of a tangent, but this is as why as a pelvic floor physio, I really despise demonizing any exercise, right? You'll see a lot of people out on the internet being like, you can't do crunches if you're postpartum, or you can't do X, Y, Z if you have X, Y, Z. And the truth is like, we can't do that because every human is different and every body is different and every body works differently. And so, yeah, maybe we have a postpartum person where a crunch is not serving them well, and it might be contributing to their symptoms, but I might have another postpartum mom, the exact same point in their journey with very similar experiences of symptoms. And that person actually excels with crunches and they really need it. And so just that little tangent there. And then I'll try to remember where I was chatting about before. Um, But basically we can demonize exercise because it's not about the exercise itself, but instead about how we perform it and how we do it. A really good example of this was looked at in the research a few years back and they gave the example, or they were talking about a downward dog. Do you guys know a downward dog in yoga? So where your feet are on the ground, your hands are on the ground, and you're kind of in that tent or pike position, but it's a more relaxed position, right? Um, it's really interesting. So it's a very benign exercise, very gentle, but some people in this study actually generated huge amounts of intra-abdominal pressure or this abdominal cavity pressure when they did this simple exercises, while others generated very minimal And that again, just demonstrates how much it depends on how you're doing something, not what you're doing. And I know this really does beg the question of why do some people generate more pressure than others in certain activities? And that is a a harder question to answer if I'm being honest. And we don't a hundred percent know it could be a habit. It could be compensatory for something else. It could be that that person doesn't have the greatest form or they're holding tension. Well, we don't, we don't really know, but we do know that if someone in their day-to-day activities are always having this increased level of intra-abdominal pressure and these like kind of quote unquote benign exercises and activities throughout the day, we're actually generating a ton of pressure, then there can be a real accumulation of stress and strain that again can go on the pelvic floor, the pelvic organ, like their supportive tissues, the abdominals, wherever there may be a weaker point. And this can, or even if there isn't, it can create a weaker point. And this can mean that you might be susceptible to issues like a pelvic floor dysfunction, a pelvic organ prolapse, or depending where you are, things like a hernia or, or that diastasis rectus. So some things to think about. And then this again begs the question, what do we do about it? And remember what I said, we can't eliminate all pressure. It's just not feasible. It's not really possible. You need to be able to live your life. You need to be able to lift up your kids, lift up your grandkids to, you know, go for a walk with your dog. And if they pull and they see another dog, all of these things, you need to be able to respond and, and live your life. Right. But things you can do to manage the pressure are things like breathing. Like we talked about, I think it was day two or three 
really good breathing. So a big part of how we regulate our pressure in our abdomen is through that breathing that we chatted about, that inhale and exhale. So that inhale, pelvic floor relaxes, right? Exhale, it's kind of moving up like that jellyfish all day, every day. And we need that inhale expansion. We need that to help to reduce some of the pressure. And that means if you're someone that's holding tension, maybe not breathing properly, then that will be a harder thing to regulate. So proper breathing is key. Um, Honestly, when you're doing exercise, I always say to people, I don't care how you breathe. Sure, there might be a perfect way, but just breathe. Don't hold your breath. Because if you're doing things like squatting, whatever, push press, whatever exercise you might be doing, a lot of times during exercise, what we do is we hold our breath through the difficult parts. And that is in part to make it a little bit easier without us consciously knowing we're doing that, right? So we hold our breath and that can produce that can produce some stress and strain and that pressure down. I will say the little caveat here is when you do get into high level athletics and you're doing things like powerlifting, there are ways and strategies you can use to have a breath hold and to be able to still manage that pressure. But this is a very, very challenging skill. And it is one that you really need to work on and train and really work with someone to make sure that you're able to do that. Right. Because there is a big difference between holding your breath, going through an exercise and properly what we call spreading the load or spreading that pressure and holding your breath. And it's a really nuanced, really challenging thing and skill to learn. So I will put that little caveat just in case anybody's listening who is into more kind of intense exercises and does the heavy power lifting. I don't want you to think that it's not possible, but for the most part, 90, I just made that number up, but a huge chunk of the time, breathe, right? If you're holding your breath, not good. Exercise, breathe. So that's number one. Number two is just making sure you're having good alignment. So that's posture. Don't want to get too, too much into kind of perfect posture or anything like that right now. But ideal world when you're kind of standing, moving, ribs should be over your hips, hips should be over your ankles, right? Those are the postures we want. A lot of the times what we we see in women in terms of posture loss is that the ribs jet way back and the hips go forward and we kind of rest on our back like that. And that can put um, some, that can really make it a little harder to manage that pressure. Okay. So good alignment, good form when you do exercise, right? This is really important, making sure you do things properly. I do want to throw a little kind of important point when it comes to good form when you're exercising. Good form is important. There's no question, right? But there are a lot of people who are what I would call form junkies, right? And they actually over cue themselves and over kind of analyze every movement. So if they're doing a certain exercise, right, it's like this, this, and now, okay, now now I'm going to engage this and I'm going to make sure my butt's working. I'm going to make sure my abs are working and my back is pulling back. And it's like, check, 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 check. And they're trying to cue themselves to have that perfect lift. I would say a lot of the time, these are the people that are struggling a little bit more to manage pressure. And it's because they're actually holding too much tension and over cueing. I think I talked about this again in the breathing episode, 
but our body is meant to relax and contract and move. And our muscles are not meant to be stationary kind of throughout a whole movement. Right. And so if you are tick, tick, boom, engage, 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 hold, 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 chances are your muscles aren't moving how they're supposed to. And it's overcued and that overcuing can lead to a little bit of issues with pressure management. So good form, but not going crazy and trying to be perfect in every single way, because that is not necessarily ideal either. So the best way, I mean, to answer the question of what your form is like is to work with someone, make sure they're checking with you, uh, make sure that there's someone who kind of is skilled with working with this stuff, knows about this pressure management stuff. If you're a woman who's postpartum or having any sort of issues, make sure that they're skilled and they know kind of what's going on. Okay, so proper breathing, good alignment, good form, but not going crazy on form. Another big one is, or like a huge one actually, is not bearing down. So bearing down, putting pressure, that is really, really not great for your poor pelvic floor. And it puts a lot of stress and strain. Do this enough and that stress and strain becomes chronic, which can become an issue. So common places people bear down are, again, if they're constipated or having to strain to go to the toilet, again, during workouts, so holding your breath and like, picking something up and then like you have to talk like this because you're holding that pressure those are the big ones and then finally the other thing is not holding pressure throughout the day or, or I shouldn't say pressure throughout the day but tension throughout the day so you know how I mentioned that over cueing when they exercise people are like wait tick tick I got this 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 and everything is tight and, and I'm ready to go a lot of us don't necessarily realize we do this but we hold a lot of tension in our muscles all day, every day. A lot of women will grip their glutes all day or their butt. They'll grip their abs all day and hold tension. And what a lot of people do is essentially suck their belly button in. And I don't know I mean, we're all taught it. I like, I'm trying to remember when I would have started to do that or why I started to do that, but we are literally all taught it from such an early age. And I don't know if it's the media or if it's just something we pick up from other people, or if we just feel so self-conscious that we suck our belly in naturally without having to think of it. I don't know what it is, but I do know that so many women are guilty of it, right? You're standing around, hanging out with your friends, working, whatever it may be. And you're pulling your belly button into your spine. And if you go back to that toothpaste analogy, that is again, putting pressure in that center of the toothpaste. And if there is a potential weakness somewhere, then we might have that pressure leak. And over time, that just puts again, that, that constant or chronic stress and strain on structures that doesn't have to be there. So try not to hold your gut in, try not to hold your glutes all day. Try to just relax. I always tell people, if we're talking about a jumping activity, like jump rope, for example, your cheeks should jiggle. So your cheeks of your butt should jiggle and the cheeks of your cheeks, like your face should jiggle. And we don't want to hold tension. So that's pressure management in a nutshell, probably a new concept for a lot of you. And hopefully it wasn't super complex. I didn't mean it to be. I wanted this to be a real Coles notes version. But essentially what we want to focus on or pay attention to is that we're not creating some undue tension or undue pressure on our poor pelvic floor or on our abdomen, right? 
what I want to challenge you guys with for today, it's not super difficult. I mean, that's actually a lie. It is hard, but it's more just hard to remember. It's not hard in terms of the effort involved, let's say. My challenge for you is pay attention throughout the day. If you're one of these people that's holding tension somewhere, are you holding your belly button in or your belly in your abdomen? Are you sucking it in, drawing it in? Are you engaging your glutes all day, every day and holding tension there? What about your pelvic floor? Is that holding tension? Pay attention to that. If you're someone who you find, oh, you know what I do. Can you take some of that breath, that deep breath I talked about back on day two or three, whatever day it was, and can that reduce some of the pressure? So your challenge, try not to hold your gut in, try not to hold your glutes or whatever muscles you're holding tension in, just let it go, let your belly go and just let it go. Isn't that a song? Anyway, I'm going to leave you with the song, let it go and have a wonderful day.